Hey there, welcome back. This is already the eighth episode of this season of Your New Mexico Government. I'm Cave Movahead. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham has been selling a plan for the last several months to make New Mexico into a hydrogen energy hub. Her idea is that we can transform our economy, based primarily on natural resource extraction, into one that's more renewable, but there is some controversy there. On this YNMG, we'll get into some of the details of how to make energy from hydrogen and why it may or may not be environmentally friendly. We'll also talk about some of the hydrogen bills that have been in front of the legislature this year, whether the legislation is in fact dead for now, and where it might go from here. Then we'll touch on some of the other energy and environmental bills that have been introduced this session. Today's guest is environment and energy reporter Lindsay Fent from Searchlight New Mexico. Lindsay has been following the energy industry and hydrogen closely. Furthermore, she just published a one-on-one interview she did with Governor Lujan Grisham discussing hydrogen energy and water policy. Find a link to that interview on the YNMG page, which lives under the news tab at KUNM.org and online with our media partner at NewMexicoPBS.org. These are topics that all New Mexicans should care about. New Mexico typically receives over $2 billion in direct revenue from oil and gas production through severance and property taxes and royalty and rental income. Those funds comprise the great bulk of our state's revenue to keep schools open, hospitals working, and our roads paved. But it's a dirty business, creating significant pollution from the greenhouse gases like methane that are released into our air and the toxic produced water that is pumped out as a byproduct of extracting fossil fuels. On the other hand, we all consume energy in one way or another. So please listen in on my talk with Searchlight New Mexico reporter Lindsay Fent. Before we get into the politics or the legislation related to hydrogen energy, can you help us understand how hydrogen can become a source of energy for us? So traditionally, hydrogen has been used in fuel cells. Uh, So you run the gas through it and then it can generate electricity and it doesn't produce any greenhouse gases. The only byproduct is water. The issue comes into when it comes to actually producing hydrogen. It is the most abundant element in the universe, but it's not really available anywhere in a pure form. It's usually attached to something else. So you have to break it off from some other chemical compound to be able to use it as a fuel. So the main two ways to do this, you can do it from water, which is H2O, or you can do it from natural gas, which methane has hydrogen in it. So for water, that process is called electrolysis. So you use electricity and you separate out the oxygen from the hydrogen and the oxygen is released and then you have the hydrogen gas. If the electricity that you use to do this is from renewables, then there are no greenhouse gas emissions associated with its production at all. This is known as green hydrogen. If you do it with natural gas, there's a different process called steam methane reformation. This also does use a little bit of water, but basically it takes the hydrogen and it separates it from carbon, which is a natural gas. And then usually that carbon is just released into the air. That's called gray hydrogen, and that's how most hydrogen is made today. But obviously we don't want the carbon in the air for a renewable energy source. So the proposals in New Mexico right now are to add carbon capture to this process. Uh, Sorry, that's my dog. (laughs) Okay, she's done. So if you add carbon capture to that process, this is what's known as blue hydrogen. And that's what most of the proposals to do this in New Mexico um, are. They're blue hydrogen. 
And then there's the question of what do you do with that carbon, right? If we do capture it, if we're producing blue hydrogen. Yeah. So, I mean, most of the proposals are to do carbon sequestration, which is to inject it underground. There's proposals to use older oil wells to do this, to contain it. There's also like certain salt brine deposits that can contain it, but it hasn't been done at scale. So there are successful examples of carbon underground carbon sequestration, but the scale to produce hydrogen at a large scale um, and then inject all that carbon underground, that hasn't been tested before. The governor's making a big deal out of hydrogen energy. Like, it was almost poised to be her signature legislation this year. Why? Well, the first reason is the federal infrastructure bill that passed last November has $8 billion available to create these hydrogen hubs throughout the country. It's not totally clear what a hydrogen hub is, but the goal of them is to reduce the cost of hydrogen so that it could be used as a renewable fuel source. And so New Mexico wants some of that money. The governor wants to become a hydrogen hub. And the other reason is, you know, she believes and all the other supporters believe that having a hydrogen industry would really help the state. That has to do with the way that they're proposing to use hydrogen. So some of these proposals have hydrogen kind of as a one-to-one replacement for how we use natural gas. So burning it in a power plant or using it for home heating would be some of those examples. The big advantage of this for a state like New Mexico that's been so reliant on fossil fuels for so long is that reusing some of that infrastructure and that basic fossil fuel system that we have would preserve a lot of the jobs and a lot of the tax revenues that we have from fossil fuels if we were to just convert that to hydrogen. So it's seen as kind of a win-win, you know, have a this new clean fuel source that's good for the climate, but also keep all of the jobs and money that we have related to fossil fuels. You know, it's not just the governor, the bill's main sponsor, uh, Patty Lundstrom, she's in Gallup, and she's listed jobs as the main reason for supporting the bill. You know, in her district, there's the Escalante coal plant, which there's a proposal right now to convert that coal plant to a hydrogen facility that would burn hydrogen and create electricity. So she sees it as an opportunity to keep those jobs at the coal plant, to open it back up and employ people in her district. Well, there are also quite a few opponents to the plan. Who are they? And what reasons are they giving for their opposition to making New Mexico into a hydrogen hub? They're primarily environment groups and community groups in areas where there's already a lot of natural gas extraction. There are a lot of problems with sort of the this idea that some of these politicians have about just using hydrogen as if it were natural gas. First, Hydrogen can damage natural gas infrastructure like pipelines. So you can't really just stick it in a pipeline and use the same infrastructure again uh, without either risking, you know, destroying it or making big repairs and big changes to that actual infrastructure. Second, burning hydrogen like they're proposing to do in the Escalante coal plant, it's not the same thing as running it through a fuel cell. That process only produces water at the end. But when you burn hydrogen, like the same way that you would burn coal or the same way you would burn natural gas, it does release other compounds. So nitrous oxide is one of the big ones. This is laughing gas. You know, under certain temperature conditions, it could release large amounts of that. It's not super well studied or researched yet. They don't know exactly how much it would release or how big of a problem it would be. But 
it is a greenhouse gas like carbon dioxide, you know, not probably as potent, but it is a greenhouse gas. And it's also can be pretty harmful for human health. That would be likely an additional cost to mitigate if it can be mitigated. The third issue is that the natural gas extraction system that we have, especially in New Mexico, is very leaky. So the idea that you can just take natural gas out of the ground and convert it to hydrogen and sequester all the carbon in that process and that would be clean isn't really true because there's a lot of methane emissions that are being generated upstream when they actually take the natural gas out of the ground. So even if you were able to capture all of the carbon released when you produce blue hydrogen, there would still be a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. And even capturing all the carbon hasn't really been proven as possible. No one has ever been able to sequester 100% of the carbon uh, from any project. In the interview you just published with Searchlight New Mexico, you talked to the governor and you pointed out that she has a history of supporting oil and gas. Now she's also promoting greener energy too. Her response was, you know, something like, we're stuck with it, but we can help by being an example to other countries where they're still burning lots of coal. I'll admit I was a little confused by that answer. Do you have some ideas what it was she was trying to say? Yeah, we were kind of talking around this other initiative that she supported in the past. She signed an MOU a few years ago involving exporting liquid natural gas from New Mexico abroad. And so the idea behind that is that places like Asia still burn a lot of coal and natural gas is significantly cleaner. The idea there is that we could still extract natural gas here and export it and that they could burn that instead of coal and that it would result in lower emissions in those countries. The problem with that is this idea really relies on a, a natural gas system where there aren't any methane emissions generated at the source where they're drawn out of the ground. And we're just really far away from that in New Mexico and really most of the states. There's a lot of methane that gets released from things like venting, flaring, leaks. There are, you know, midstream emissions as well. So this really relies on this idea that we can make natural gas clean and it's just not proven that that's necessarily entirely possible at this point and some experts even say that it may not be possible okay let's talk a little bit about the hydrogen bills that made it to the legislature this year there was one in the house and now that's kind of become what three or maybe four and then one in the senate too i think we can almost start talking about them in the past tense I don't know. Clear that up for us. What happened with each of those? So the first House bill was the Hydrogen Hub Act that came out of the governor's office and went into the House Conservation Committee. So the Hydrogen Hub Act would provide tax credits to producers and users of hydrogen. So projects where they're producing hydrogen at a certain carbon intensity or using hydrogen at a certain carbon intensity. The numbers change year by year, but they can only have a certain amount of carbon emissions per kilogram of hydrogen produced to receive the tax credit. And basically the idea was to try to grow a hydrogen industry here and kind of attract that federal money that's on the table. But one of the biggest critiques of it was that people were saying that it could essentially be seen as a subsidy for the fossil fuel industry. Because if fossil fuel companies went into producing hydrogen using natural gas, they would be receiving these huge tax credits, which would help their business. 
And that was tabled. I think it was a six-hour debate about it. Uh, it was mostly a lot of public comment and then debate from the members of the committee, and it was eventually tabled. After that, George Munoz introduced a hydrogen bill in the Senate, and this wasn't exactly the hydrogen hub bill as envisioned. It would have added hydrogen power plants to another law that defines different types of renewable energy. So it would have made a project like the Escalante power plant would have been defined as renewable. There were a lot of public comments. Almost all of the comments were against it. And part of the reason for that is that hydrogen power is not the same as renewables in that it does produce carbon emissions. So they were opposed to it being defined as renewable, which would have provided it some certain tax benefits. And that was tabled almost immediately. They didn't even really have a debate within the committee. They just had a vote after the public comment and tabled it. KUNM reporter Bryce Dix observed that hearing. From what I understand, it was like mid-sentence. Somebody jumped up and said, you know, move the table. And that was it. It was quick, right? Yeah, she interrupted someone who was speaking. It was like, I moved a table. So it went pretty quickly. And George Munoz was pretty upset. He said he'd expected more debate. You know, he mentioned that we're not going to have a reliable grid without things like hydrogen. While that was going on, a second House bill was introduced. It was very similar to the first one, but instead of providing the tax credits that the original Hydrogen Hub Act provided, it basically it made it so that hydrogen proposals could get government money, but they had to go through a committee. The Speaker of the House tabled that on his own, Brian Egoff. He said it will not be heard this session and tabled it. But then today, a third bill emerged, also by Patty Lundstrom, this is what's known as a dummy bill. The idea is that legislators, before cutting off the opportunity to introduce new legislation, which was, I think, February 2nd for this session, will introduce bills that are basically blank. And that way they can then later come in and fill them in and have something that's already been introduced for things that come up along the way, even past the deadline. Is that your understanding, too? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it was titled, it didn't even have Hydrogen Hub in the title. It was just Peace, Health, Safety, and Welfare Bill. Pretty broad. Yeah. So is it over? Can hydrogen come back? And is there any reason to think it might have more support in the future? We'll have to see what happens with this, you know, most recent bill that was introduced. It doesn't seem like it has a lot of support, but it's still out there. And there was also talk in the very first committee meeting for the first House bill about calling an emergency session to look at this bill after a little bit more time. One big critique was that a lot of communities felt like they weren't consulted about this bill. There were environmental groups that said that they didn't get it soon enough. So the idea was if they had spent a little bit more time looking at it, maybe it would be able to be passed. But, you know, that kind of remains to be seen. There has been a lot of opposition, but they're certainly still trying to get it passed. And I think that after this, there's a good reason to believe that there probably would be another session where it'd be looked at. Okay, one final question related to the discussion of whether hydrogen is a renewable energy source. Are there other renewable energy bills that are making progress with the legislature? There really aren't too many renewable-specific bills right now. There are a few energy-related bills. There's tax credits that people could get for installing solar in their homes or buying an electric car. 
There's another bill that would make the state study a public utility model instead of the current corporate utility model that we have in the state and in most states. There's a radioactive waste bill that has to do with nuclear power, and it would limit the amount of waste storage that can be in New Mexico. And then kind of the biggest environment energy related bill, there is a bill that would limit the emissions that New Mexico has by 2050, and it would ratchet them down pretty significantly in 2035. So this kind of reflects language that the governor's already put out there in, in her executive order. She called for, you know, addressing climate change and starting to lower emissions. This would make that a law and it would require the state to start lowering its emissions and reach net zero by 2050. Lindsay Fent, environment and energy reporter from Searchlight, New Mexico. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. We have links to Lindsay's reporting for Searchlight, New Mexico on our website. As I mentioned earlier, she just published a one-on-one interview with Governor Lujan Grisham where they discuss hydrogen and water policy. Look for it on the YNMG page under the news tab at KUNM.org and also on NewMexicoPBS.org. We'll keep following energy production and water issues, so stay tuned to KUNM and NMPBS online and over the air, and keep watching for new episodes of the YNMG podcast by following hashtag YNMG on social media and subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. We'd like to thank the Thornburg Foundation for funding the Your New Mexico Government Project. KUNM, New Mexico PBS, and Thornburg have a shared goal of working to keep government open and accessible to all New Mexicans. If you have questions for us or our guests, reach out by email at ynmg at kunm.org. That's it for today. We'll be back in just a couple days with another episode for you. I'm Kaveh Movahed. Bye for now.